Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, darlings all. In this episode, I reflect on a handful of highlights from series two of Tom Reed Wilson Has Words With. So won't you please take my hand as we trick the cobbles of, as the French would say, Rue de Memoir. First up, my dear friend, Alan Carr, on preserving his Mariah Carey-esque range and how he's so taken with the vocal patterns of divas, he often finds himself metamorphosing. Here's our chatty man, our spexy beast. He's naughty and zesty and blue. His world-famous guests don't pop in for a plug. They pull one in his portaloo. Brucey said you've got a hit on your hands, an overnight smash it may seem. But Cripes, our bespectacled wizard of wit, had slogged enough building the dream. With Melanie Sykes late on radio too, they chew the proverbial cud. Since then, he has done it with Gaga and Pink. If he name drops, boy, there's a thud. But this man has kept his size nines on the ground with Bully and Cyril the cows. He pendulum swings from the udders and tails to taking his end of show bows. He really is one of my favorite souls, deserving the epithet star. So be still my heart as I inhale to say, please welcome the great Alan Carr. Oh, how lovely. But you know what? I am a bit disappointed. Why, darling? I'm a size 10. <laughs> no, I've shaved <laughs> off an inch. I, oh. I, I can't afford to have an inch shaved off. <laughs> You're like the ugly sisters in the original. <laughs> I'm nine in a cork wedge. <laughs> Will you look beautiful? Thank you, darling. It's our fifth encounter, I counted. Really? Glancing the Soho House, Catherine Tate's stage show, the rehearsal for the Epic Game Show, and my uh, ignominious appearance, which we'll just forget about. <laughs> oh, well, listen, when you asked me, I was thrilled because I saw the one with, I listened to the one with Angela, and of course, she's got all this beautiful Irish poetry language, but North, I'm Northamptonian. I mean, what are you going to do with that? Well, darling, I know, but you also have a singular turn of phrase and one of the most singular voices. I know you said it's Mariah Carey-esque to maintain. 
It is. If I don't reach those high notes during a performance, people complain. <laughs> and you met with dear Mariah, haven't you? I remember you saying that she really sends up her own divadom doing mummy dearest impressions and things. Yes, that's right. Yes. And she follows me on Instagram and she comes on, uh, she came on Chatty Man a few times and also on um, Friday Night Project. And uh, she sort of sent, there is like a little whiff of divadom there and she does <laughs> sort of send herself up. I mean, she wanted to be filmed from the left side which was of course the opposite side and of course we haven't got the budget on channel four to rotate the whole set both sides were beautiful <laughs> do you know the michael crawford barbara streisand story about that no well he said he wasn't a fan when they worked together on hello dolly and she was saying no shoot me from this side shoot me from this side and he said why you're just as ugly from the other one and she, <gasps> went, she went what a mouse do you eat with that mouse <laughs> That's fantastic. Have you heard the other one about where she was having a photo shoot at night and she said the light's changing? He said it's the sun coming up. I don't care. Make it go down. <laughs> oh, oh my, my God. God. We, have, we have another diva sort of vaguely in common because yes. when I trained at the Royal Academy of Music learning to sing, there was occasionally a kind of plume of jasmine as if this sort of figure wafted down the corridors and then the walls would oscillate with the voice of Dame Shirley Bassey. Oh. And you appeared on stage with her, didn't you? Yes, and um, I, I had dinner with her, me and Julian MacDonald, and she is an absolute scream. <laughs> she just so, but she's like, and I feel like with you, you must rein me in because I do tend to mimic people, not in a horrible way, but I do find myself talking celebrity dating agency when, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I found myself when I was talking to Shirley, <laughs> you know, and I, you have to rein it in <laughs> because I'm not taking the mickey, but that's what You're happens. Just a chameleon. I am a chameleon, but I'm, I'm bringing back play your cards right, the price is right. Now, yes. I love Brucey. He is the king. No one can replace him. Yes. But I found myself during the shows that did I do well? Good game. <laughs> and I'm like, Alan, he was my first guest on Chatty Man. And yes. yes. And then I got this phone call after, and I didn't pick it up because I thought, oh, but it's bloody PPI. <laughs> And then I, I listened to it about two hours late, and it was like, hello, it's Brucey. <laughs> I said, I love coming on Chatty Man. He said, I think you've got a really good show on your hands there. Keep at it. And he, think, he says, I think it's going to be a hit. And I kept it on my phone forever. And uh, he's just an absolute, just an absolute sweetheart. So I just hope I do him proud, you know, when I bring these oh. shows. <laughs> and the other 60s legend, of course, was Scylla that you worked with. Yes. Yes. What came of her wig, darling? You well, it, was, it wasn't her wig. <laughs> you have done your research. No, we, me and Paul have a dressing up box. Now, it's not yes. like a Fifty Shades of Grey. But I, I always take something from a sketch I've done. And I've got two gorgeous Irish setters, Bev and Joyce. Yes. Now, Bev eats anything eats anything and unbeknown to me she'd stuck her head in the dressing up box and she'd eaten a Scylla Black wig <laughs> and I didn't realise this and of course I'm in the park and she's having a poo and then I see this 
ginger thing coming out of her rear. And I thought, oh, Bev's going to be a mummy. (laughs) (laughs) It was a a Stella Blackwig. I mean, when I saw the maid in Taiwan attached to the puppy, (laughs) I sort of realised maybe, um, yeah, a baby shower wasn't in order. (laughs) Not the right kind of furry emission, is it? But Bev and it's Bev and Joyce, isn't it? Yes, and we've um, got a new edition, Tuppence. Oh, Tuppence, feed the dogs. Yeah, oh, don't say that because you know where we got her from. Oh, no, where? And uh, um, uh, one of these wet markets in China. It was rescued. Oh, gosh, but that's. So you singing Feed the Dog, she's just terrified and ran under the settee. Oh, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you have one. Well, actually, Tuppence doesn't really fit into this theme. But I've noticed that you like what I call an anti-aptonym, and an aptonym is oh. sort of what it, it says on the tin. Really, it's a name that's very apt. So, if you had a doctor called Doctor Dick Chop, who was a vasectomist, <laughs> would be an aptonym. <laughs> But equally comedic sometimes can be an anti-aptimism. So having a very elegant red setter and calling it Bev is quite... Well, 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 we've got a ginger friend called Beverly. And um, when we washed um, Bev's hair, her hair went frizzy like our friend Beverly. So we thought we had to call her Beverly. Oh, I see. It was a love letter. Yes. And then when Joyce came, she just looked like a Joyce. So that was really easy. And you've got cows to boot. I've got everything now, but my tuppence gets very admiring looks, I can tell you. <laughs> People want to stroke it and everything. Now, you say you say we, darling. We must talk about your great, great love story, which had a slightly inauspicious beginning with scolded balls, didn't it? Of course, my friend Scott's birthday, yes. Well, I was, um, I was ready to um, go to the party and um, I was a bit like, I, I just thought I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. And I, I went out and I got myself a bit of an out. Well, come on, Alan, need cheering up. Come on, so like this. So as I go out, my cup of tea lands in my crutch. So it's all up my shirt and my trousers. So I get them all off and then I pop on my outfit. And I go out, and it's only when I'm on the tube and I see in the reflection, my outfit is the split, is spitting image of the Tesco outfit. <laughs> All I needed was a badge to say, here to help, or do you want a hand packing? Oh, well, he did, didn't he, eventually? I know, <laughs> I know. So, I mean, and then we, um, yes, and then I just, I, it was love at first sight. And I mean, I'm so not predatory or anything, but I said to my friend Scott, I said, oh, who's that? And he went, oh, it's Paul. I said, oh, I fancy him. And then, oh, next thing you know, here we are. Soulmates. Soulmates, yes, yeah, soulmates, definitely. But do you know that's such a beautiful term? That's, that's actually, it's ancient Egyptian legend that the gods in their ire against humanity they stopped humans being born as lovers sharing a soul and they split the soul in two. So those lovers were destined to wander the earth looking for the other half of their soul. Oh, isn't that romantic? Oh, that's lovely. Alan Carr opened series two and hot on his heels was the divinely talented Sean Gibson. Here, 
Sean explains that music and pitch are as big a hallmark of Modian speech as the vocab itself. Now, darling, where do you hail from? Um, well, actually, about five miles down the road from where I'm actually talking to you from now, because I've oh. never really gone very far. Um, but I was born in North Wales, and I know my accent doesn't kind of give that away, but I was born and bred in North Wales um, in a tiny village just outside the town of Mould, which oh. is a lot nicer than it sounds. Um, and we're kind of not far from Chester, so we're really on the border. Oh, uh, where I am. Which, why my accent is all over the place, I think. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's a lovely oscillating accent. But Mold, I know, is actually rather a beautiful name because it's um, from the Norman French Monteau, meaning high hill. And I wondered whether that huge discharge from the River Dee into the Irish Sea is visible from your high hill of Mold. No. Um, oh! <laughs> Oh, I'm so disappointed. But, no, no, you make it sound more idyllic. But in Mold, they have the most beautiful mountains, which ah. the High Hill would explain that. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. But it's such a beautiful place. But um, it can't be far to the beaches being so near the mountain. No. Prestatin, is that far? That's not, that's about 10 minutes, 15 oh, minutes. Um, the other side of mold, it's really straight. The accents in mold because where I live, as I yes. said, you all talk like me. Um, whereas you go sort of the other side of mold and they're all Welsh speaking and the accent is very thick a real thick Welsh accent. Um, and it's really is that more the sort of undulating peaks and troughs Welsh that we think of when we think of Wales. Yes, and when you go down to South Wales, it's a lot more sing songy, but up here, it's, it's really quite gruff. They talk quite, it's quite clipped and it's oh a lot different. And in fact, because I was taught Welsh in school um, and my my mum's family all speak Welsh. Oh, I see. Um, they, the North Walian Welsh is different to the South Walian Welsh. So I used to ask my nana to do my homework for me and often get it wrong because the phrases over the years have changed. There's different words for cake. For example, there's lots of different words, so there, so there are a lot of changes. So what were the ones that your mum at home would use often? Um, one thing that my mum's family say a lot, um, and, and they have got very Welsh accents, is um, they say, nigh after everything. Oh. After every single word. And they'll go, um, it's nice, nigh, yes, nigh. Everything is nigh after everything. And I don't, I don't even understand what it means. Oh, gosh. So it's not like nigh on, like our near, no. synonym for no. near. It's got nothing to do with that. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like, yes, it's almost like. And that's yeah. another thing that they say up here. They say, yeah after everything um so maybe say, nigh is the no maybe it's connected to nay like naysayer meaning no so it's sort of like it's nice no possibly, possibly but they say yeah after everything as well and it has to be quite high pitched um and that everything's like trendy yeah nice yeah <laughs> i've even heard people say no yeah everything is yeah after everything i love that invitation for confirmation it's really inclusive isn't it yeah. the discourse i love that are there any modian phrases that that you've retained darling i've moved away and moved back and moved away and moved back 
And you just know how you taught yourself, don't you? So I kind yes. of don't know if I've kept anything or not. I don't think, compared to my mum's family, there's, um, I don't say a lot of things. Um, my, um, one of my aunties, she says, um, everything she says is yesy, which is Welsh for Jesus. And everything she's like, she's like, oh, yesy, yesy, Martin. But <laughs> another thing, this is quite rude, is um, I've noticed that my mum's family say bugger a lot. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, that's a good one. Not in an offensive way. Not meaning the act. No, not meaning the act. And also everything is, oh, um, oh, you daft bugger. Yeah. And it's almost in a term of endearment. And she'll say it to my daughter and I'll be like, Mom! <laughs> what? She doesn't even realise what it is. My, my granny softened it to buggeration. Oh, buggeration. That sounds so much nicer. Is that or Christmas with her? Oh, I love the sound of her. <laughs> She's divine. Endlessly baking. What is cake, by the way? In Welsh? Mm. Um. Kaken, but I'm not sure if that's the Welsh or the, the South Wales or the North Wales, but that's the one that I would use. Would be now you see there is a Germanic link there too, because I think that comes from Kuchen, which is, which is cooking, Kuchen. And biscuit uh, is from the Latin biscocere, twice cooked. So it sort of began as a cake and then was cooked again. Oh really? Yeah. What's really funny about the Welsh language up here is there's lots of, I don't speak fluent Welsh, but there's lots of words that um, English, they just keep the English word in and don't even put the Welsh word. So they'll be television. And you just, so you can get the gist. <laughs> no one where I live speaks Welsh. It's just, no one speaks Welsh, which is really sad. Yes. But one really embarrassing thing is I, did, I have got it on my CV. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never know, do you? Never know. And I went, um, this was 
a long time ago when I just left college and I went for an audition for a, for a drama and they said they're going to speak, um, they're going to film it half in Welsh and half in English and you, you do everything twice. Oh. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And I got the train down to Cardiff and I went to, walked into this um, audition and the, the first thing that the, the lady said to me is she asked me in Welsh if I wanted a cup of tea or coffee and obviously I could very conversational Welsh I could do that yes. and I asked her back and I was like no thank you I'm fine thank you very much and then she said something else to me in Welsh and I just smiled and laughed um as, as if I knew what she was saying she said it again and I and I smiled and laughed again and then she said for the third time and then said in English can you speak Welsh and I had to say no I can't oh no and she said go home in English. Oh, God. And, um, yeah. Oh, that cleaves my heart. That kept it on. But then you might not have been free for everything that came later, you know? Well, Huge believer in the fickle finger of fate here. Well, so am I. After nine series of Celebs Go Dating and a couple of appearances together on Eight Out of Ten Cats, Rob Beckett has become a great friend. Here, Rob explains why some words like bellend have their funniness inbuilt. First, bookie. Bookie. Or bookie? Bookie. <laughs> okay, the uh, betting shop, the bookies. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, you're going down to the bookies. That's a yeah, yeah. bookkeeper for the betting shop. Butters. Butters, that's ugly. It's someone's butters. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's sort of like featureless, like butter. But I don't know where it's like butters. That's butters. But ugly, maybe. It's from but ugly. Oh, it's a contraction. Maybe, yeah. Butters. Oh, I like that. Bear. Bear. Well, it's very different to the bear I'm sure you're used to in your um, sort of social circles <laughs> of the bear. It's not a sign. <laughs> but bear, bear is like, oh, that is bear, like big, that's all like, there's loads of it. Like, there's bear, like, oh, there's bear um, betches on that beach. There's loads of them. That's so curious because as it's spelt here, it's B-A-R-E, which to me means kind of barely, you know, yeah. like naked. There's bears. So means there's loads of oh i love that well it's kind of an inversion yeah um wallop wallop yeah (laughs) well just uh, wallop is like yes or like have that wallop or like he got wallops as in like hitting so something like big like so a punch could be it's like an exclamation of delight yeah wallop Wallop. i I absolutely walloped it like and it could be like you hit a you know in cricket you hit a six or like I smashed goal. it. Yeah, I smashed it. Or like, yeah, like my brother same, says. Same way, but oh, yes, please, that kind of thing. Yeah, smashed it. <laughs> um, Galdem. Galdem. Oh, they're literally Galdem. Are the girls, is that the girls? Like Galdem? Like girls? Yeah. Group of girls or we're the, our group of girls? Like Mandem. Well, that makes sense because of, uh, because of Demos. Because of the Greek root Demos, meaning people. Oh. It's like it? pandemic uh-huh. affecting people and... Um, Demographic and democracy. But it's the same with mandem as well, isn't it? So that's boy people. Yeah, mandem. My mandem. Something like your group of lag. They've gone. They've gone back to the roots with that. Yeah, and then like the people say, like man, like I mean, it's weird though because that's not. That's more like youth speak. The sort of come along in the last five, five to ten years, where really like not many young kids talk like me now around it. I'm only thirty four. But in South East London, you get a few, but a lot of it is a bit more like, oh, you get me though. Where I would never have said you get me though as yeah. a kid. I bet. Oh, about you know what I mean? Yeah. And then wouldn't have existed. No, no. Right? So you'd be like, you know, it'd be like, you know what I mean? 
not. And now it's like, you get me though. And so it's a bit like, there's an Elliot Steele, who's a comedian who grew up, it's Crystal Palace way. His dad's a comedian, Mark Steele. And he's weird. So Mark Steele talks like me and like how my dad talks. But Elliot's 21, so like 10 years younger than me. Uh, 20, 30 years younger. And he's a bit more like, you've got like Tiger, Tiger, yeah. And he talks like that. And he's a white kid where in the past, that accent would have been a more of a black culture thing. But now it's more like yes. youth culture where the people like Stormzy and stuff like that, like they're the, the kings of that world of music and stuff. It's like the London. Because even up in up north in Manchester, there's that sort of, it's not even a London thing, it's a youth thing with like a, yes. a, a, a H, A-I-T-C-H, the young rapper from Manchester. No, like I'm a, not. Back in the day, it would be a bit more like, talk like, uh, mad fight, you know what I mean, mate? I, I, but he's like, yeah, you get me. It's got a weird Mancunian, but that London grime twang. Yeah, yeah. They're the greatest coiners, aren't they? They're like Mondays. Yeah, it's just an expression of that generation. And you now I can speak of it. It's great. I, I love it, like the way it moves and, and flows and stuff like that. Yes, know? yes. I remember my friend who's a school teacher put someone in detention for saying, oh, sir, you're so extra. And I said, yes. no, you mustn't, because they'll only love the origins of language if they feel ownership of yeah. coining language too. Yeah. You know, they've got but to I mean, be that's a great word, extra. Oh, is that it is brilliant extra. That is, oh, so extra. Or like, you, you know, if you're gossiping about something, oh, they only done that, I mean, oh, she's so extra. It, it, I think it's a pretty, really, some not like, oh, she's a bit like that. She gets a bit carried away and starts to show off. It, so like, she's, I, like, I love being able to communicate quickly and efficiently. So I love extra being a word that yeah. you don't have to go on to like, you know. Well, it's like what you said before about, about the music and how your speech is rapid and it works in semiquavers. Yeah. So if a word happens to be a semiquaver, all the better. Well, yeah, and I'm just it in. Exactly, and it's like, I want to be as funny as possible. And for me, you will need to get to the punchline as quick as possible. So if you can yeah. borrow and use little words like extra and it still works, you have to make sure that it's accessible to the whole country and you get to that joke quicker rather than having to explain stuff. It massively works. Like, even now, if you talk about, oh, she was a right Karen, about like an older lady, people think oh, of man. a Karen. Oh, she's such a Karen. Karens are like, you know those oh, women, older women, normally a bit middle class and stuck in their ways are a bit like, oh, I don't think you should be doing that, that you shouldn't feed uh, bread to ducks, it's bad for their stomach. Like, <laughs> I'll ask you, Karen. Like, you know, she's that, that, so I think Karen is becoming that sort of name of like, we used to like. And there are some words, I mean, do you believe that there are some words that are just inherently funny? Oh yeah, there's, so bellend. <laughs> Exactly. So, <laughs> Belen, you get that, and then, but you start to learn that, and you pepper it through gently because you don't want to take, overuse those words just because you know they work because it's yeah. hack and cheap. But Belen is funny, but also certain <laughs> words in certain accents are different. Do you know what I mean? Like garlic bread, like the way Peter Kay <laughs> said that word. But he said garlic bread, isn't, but the way he said it in his accent and in that way made it funny. Always gets a laugh. If I say Belen, I don't know why, but if I say Belen, it always works. I think as well because I'm. <laughs> Quite non-threatening. I'm not like a, a sexy comedian. Do you know what I mean? I'm sort of like... No, you are to me, though. Well, I, I You've got something to me, Danny. You're awfully twinkly. I'm an absolute, and it's I'm an absolute, yeah, I'm an absolute wolf in sheep's clothing, really, Tom. But I don't know yeah. not know that. To round off our selection, Oti Mabusi explains the origins of the Viennese Waltz, how it got its name, and why, initially... It was strictly forbidden. First, my Praetorian translator, hopefully. Six, no nine. 
Okay, you, it's, it's how you say you you say it. You don't say it correctly. Okay. So you have to say six no nine. Six no nine. Yeah, you like six six no nine, but you get you gotta give it. You, you're too smiley about it. You have to be like six no nine. Is it? Well, no. It means it. It, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Whatever you're saying, like the number six, whether six or nine, they're the same thing. So we're saying the same thing. Much, much less. Exactly. It's just upside down. Yeah. Just because it's upside down, that means that's your truth. It doesn't make it my truth. Six no nine doesn't matter. Oh my god, I adore that. I we say that. we say it when we see when somebody isn't really nice to you and they say something about you that's not so nice, and you're like, you know what? You, that person's opinion doesn't really matter. Six no nine. Yes. Because they've taken a grain of truth and turned it upside down. Exactly. Six nine. Ola Gazi. Giza. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, no. You like he's a Giza. He's a Giza. Ah, so it's the same thing. What does that mean? Ola Giza. It's like hello, guy. Hello, Ola. Oh, Ola Giza. Oh, it's just like a, a cheerful greeting. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because you can only do that in a major key. It's like zippity doo die. You I mean <laughs> like here, like you can say all right. All right. And it can be yeah. All right. Yeah. Are you in any old key, but that I mean you can't say all no. of Giza. Yeah, no. You? you go all of Giza. Uh Babalas. Oh Babalas. <laughs> oh. oh no, is it gonna be filled? <laughs> no. Babalas. Bobby, Laza, it's a hangover. Oh, crumbs. Which we know That's nothing a- about. We know nothing about because we live on lemon water. <laughs> Indeed we do. Frightfully abstemious creatures. <laughs> I've got a couple here from the world of dance. Passe doble. Oh. Do you know what that translates to? Well, that's a dance from Spain. Yes. And that's all I know. Well, etymologically speaking, it's kind of related to my pas de chat. Your pas de chat? Step of the cat is pas de chat, and passe doble means double step. Yes. Does that make sense in terms of choreography? Yeah, it the, the double. Yeah, if you're speaking in another language, but um, to me it does as well. Passe doble, like you, you pass doble, you step twice. But in the yes. dance world, passe doble. You know that that dance, that Spanish dance with the bullfighter and the matador. Yes, yes. That's the paso doble. Brandishing your swatch of red silk. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, finally, darling, my favorite dance of all, rather polka, waltz. I'm I'm really bad at waltzes. I'll tell you. Really? Yeah. Like not. <laughs> I haven't got down the romance dances yet. I like I haven't gotten gotten them down. Like the walls and the Viennese walls. I, I just it's it's like me as a romantic. You really do. Yeah, I think but when it, it comes to creating romance, I really struggle. I feel like you either have it or you don't. And I don't. <laughs> No, you've got the sex. Yeah, I'm one of the bam, 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 bam type of You've got the spunk and the sex. Yeah, and like... And the OT. You've got the entrance. But I don't have... And all the keys to everybody else's entrances. (laughs) Actually, um, the waltz came from the Wiener Walzer, which came from Austria. 
So the Viennese waltz came the from. The Viennese waltz. Yes. And it really is like revolving, isn't yeah. it? And what you're doing is that you're turning, and it was a really, really fast dance. And I think in the, the 19th or 18th century, it used to be illegal for people to dance, and you'd need to ask for permission to do the Viennese waltz because it wasn't allowed for a man and a woman to be that close together. Yeah. Yes. Because it was too sexy. Oh, gosh, I never knew that. Ah, that was a little tranche of heaven. If you enjoyed these excerpts, remember, there but one morsel on the smorgasbord. For more, do subscribe and always share your thoughts. I love reading them. In the meantime, oodles of love. This has been a Monkey Kingdom and Acast production. 